Good morning, guys. Welcome back to Mornings with Morta. I'm going to apologise in advance because one, I've been very MIA, and two, my voice sounds like it's been run over by a truck. But good morning. I hope you're all doing really well. I hope you've had a lovely week and that you haven't missed me. You probably didn't even realise I was gone, but yeah, where to start? Huh? So this morning, I forced myself to pick up my podcast situation and by situation I mean my laptop with a mic plugged in yes we've upgraded I've moved on from my phone and a coffee by my side and I've welcomed you to morning with Morta which is not the same as unpopular fitness ideas but it is a few weeks back I kind of hit like this wall where I was brainstorming about what to talk about and topics around fitness that I wanted to talk about. But I was talking with my partner and I realised I had to change the name because I was making a mistake that I've made in the past all too frequently. And that was that I was tying my own identity to one single thing and that thing was fitness. But the thing is, I'm not just fitness and the idea that I had to talk about new and different ideas all the time to add to the fitness conversation, you know, by the simple name of unpopular fitness ideas, added a lot of pressure because the reality is I'm more than fitness and a lot of the time I'm actually just regurgitating and sharing my thoughts about ideas and concepts that I agree with or that I've heard or that I disagree with. I'm not coming up with new ways of doing things in fitness. Maybe I'm adding my way, but I'm not, you know, I'm only 23. I'm learning. I am very much doing and listening to people that have gone through this journey before and of course I'm finding my own feet with it and I am trying to add my own twist and I am implementing other things into fitness other than just you know solo fitness but I'm so much more than that and I want to talk about so much more than that so it felt silly to compartmentalize myself in a medium that I enjoy talking in so much, to force myself to talk about things and always take them back to fitness because the only thing I was doing then was confirming to myself that all I am valuable for is fitness, that that is the only value I bring and it's the only thing I should enjoy and anything else is not worthy of my time or worthy of anyone's time. But if anything, I've realised that fitness is a very small part of my life and yes I love it, I need it to function and it pushes me, it makes me more confident, it makes me feel better, it releases endorphins and I don't know what I would do without it but if I was only fitness then I definitely don't know what I'd do with myself. So that's what I wanted to start with today, just to introduce this new season, introduce this new branding after that realisation and Also, bringing in the episode, the episode's theme, which is self-doubt, ironically. It's about pushing through self-doubt and building mental resilience. And already, 
as I say those words, as I read out that title, I feel like a scum because I don't feel like I am worthy of talking about pushing through self-doubt or building mental resilience because for the past month, two, three, four months, I feel like I haven't done any of that. And as I say that, I realise, oh, but you have. And it's probably the time that you've had to push the hardest and the time that you've had to build most mental resilience because it was the time that you've been at your lowest. And I always start my episodes with some form of notes and there's something specific I want to talk about. But I actually told myself that I was going to record this episode a few weeks ago and I haven't I've been pushing it back I've been feeling anxious about it I've been procrastinating around it I've been avoiding it like the plague because I continued to doubt myself and I couldn't do it I was telling myself I couldn't do it and so I didn't and the more I pushed it back the more I doubted myself which brings me to the first thing I want to talk about today which is the importance of taking action regardless of whether that action feels right, feels perfect, is perfect or is right. Because without action, there's no change. And without action, the only thing you're doing is telling yourself that your doubt is right, that the negativity, the overthinking, the self-doubt, is right. You can't do something. You can't change. You can't exercise. You can't lose the weight that you want to lose. You can't overcome something hard. You can't do a task. You can't do a job. And if you don't try and do those things, then you are only confirming yourself that you were right. You can't do those things. You haven't done them. Where's the proof that you've done them? Whereas if you take action, You might not get it right the first time, you might not get it perfect, but you're getting closer to actually being able to do something. You don't become confident at doing things by thinking about doing them or by doing them one random day and being perfect. You build confidence by doing it, failing or realising that there's room for improvement and then doing it again with the feedback to do it better. And of course, that there's a lot of that in fitness, there's a lot of that in health, in mental well-being, in creating your own routines, you know, you think you can't be someone that wakes up at 7am or 6am, but one day you do, and by four o'clock, you're absolutely knackered, so you realise that probably you should go to bed a little bit earlier, and that if you want to wake up at 6am, going to bed at midnight is not going to cut it, So that night, you go to bed at 10, and then you wake up at 6, you feel better, you realise you can do it, and that self-doubt slowly starts to dwindle. And it makes sense, right? But in the moment, you just feel so stuck. Like, you feel so emotionally invested in that belief that you've created for yourself. Everything feels wrong, everything feels awful, and your thoughts feel like your reality. And you convince yourself you can't do something. Before starting to record this episode, I thought I wanted to talk about what I just said. Now, the fact that you just need to take action. You need to 
get up and go do it. Get up and go do whatever it is that you need to do to confirm to yourself that you can do something. I still stand by that. You know, for example, last Sunday, I woke up feeling awful. I'd had one of those weekends where you just don't eat your best. And I hadn't exercised since Friday. I mean, it was only Sunday. Please don't come at me. I know I am one of those freaks. And I had a run scheduled. It was sprints. I couldn't hack it. I said, no, for three hours straight, I was just battling with myself mentally. I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. I just made myself a coffee. I said, look, you're going to go. I don't care if your sprints is the space of a jog. I don't care if your jog is a walk. I don't care if instead of doing a 10 minute warm up, you do a two minute warm up. You are going to go do that run. And I did. And I completed it. I was slow as fuck, but I felt good in myself and I felt confident that actually I can run when things are hard and I can do those things to make myself feel better. But for the past three, four months, my self-doubt and my mental resilience hasn't been there. I talk about mental well-being and struggling and all of this on my social media very openly it's the reason I started posting. But somewhere along the way, I thought that I just had to do things and not struggle. I thought that because I'd gone through therapy once for three months, because I'd gone through a breakup once, because I'd quit my job and pursued you know, my own career and building my own business, I wasn't going to struggle. But boy, the self-doubt that came after those things. Once I'd taken action to go to therapy and I was doing my therapy work, once I'd taken action to leave a relationship that wasn't serving me and seek new ones, once I decided I was going to change my career and I started pursuing a different course and left my old job, my confidence grew. After doing all of those things, I stopped putting in work. I stopped challenging myself. I stopped being okay with discomfort. I thought, okay, all of this is hard. And this is a reason I was unhappy before. It's because of where I lived. It's because of who I was with. It's because of the job I was doing. So I'm just going to change all those things. I'm going to go back to the sunshine. I'm going to feel fucking great and everything's going to be fine, and I'm going to stop doubting myself, I'm going to feel confident again, and everything's going to be fucking amazing. But then I got to the sunshine, I got to the part of quitting my job, the part where I was actually unemployed, the part where I actually had to sit on my desk, say, right, how do we make money now? I had to get to the part where I wasn't in a toxic relationship, I was in fact in a healthy relationship, And issues still arise. And I asked myself, okay, wait, why? This is a healthy relationship. But that's the thing with life. Conflict arises, problems arise. That's the point. The point is that you live so that you solve problems. If you went through life without having problems, without facing problems, then it would get really boring. It would be like an eternal holiday. And that sounds great at first, but without challenge, without that self-doubt that you need to overcome, 
without facing a problem that you need to solve, you know, without puzzles in life, what is the point? And if you currently are in a place where you think that challenge shouldn't exist, where you think that self-doubt is a sign that you're weak, that you can't do something, that you're not worthy of something, then you've got it wrong. And please don't feel personally attacked because if anything, I'm exposing myself. I've done an episode on happiness being your responsibility, right? And this obviously touches on it, but this is more about, I avoided the fact that the reason why I was so disconnected to myself, I was struggling, I was doubting my abilities, doubting people thought of me, overthinking things and just getting my own head was because I wasn't taking action and I wasn't accepting the fact that life is meant to be hard and you're meant to face problems and just try and solve them. And I'm not saying that that should be the only source of your happiness or your happiness at all, but it should be your way of overcoming self-doubt of building confidence and building that mental resilience that you can do hard things. And that's just really what I wanted to talk about in terms of self-doubt. And when you really break it down and when you really look at it from, you know, why does this happen? Like, how do you even get into this mindset, to this dynamic between your thoughts and your reality? I started thinking and I've been reading a lot about shadow work. You know, this idea that there is different versions of yourself and your shadow self is that person that you've repressed or, you know, is entrenched in like trauma. So you perhaps you've, I don't know, let's say for example, my shadow self, obviously this is quite like personal, but mm, a part of my shadow self is my 16-year-old partying face self. I repress her. I don't drink, I don't go out, and, you know, that's something that has to be worked on. But that's an example, right? So let's say you have a part of yourself or you were someone, you were going through certain experiences in life during a certain point in time, and now you repress that. That might be your child self, that might be, you know, really bubbly, and loud self that might be someone who is very outspoken and intelligent and contributes in meetings and is very forthcoming and you had a bad experience at work or you know whatever may have been in a relationship and now you actually repress that that's your shadow self but for some reason there's always shame and guilt there's been an experience around that self that makes you repress them or that you might think is not safe to bring out or whatever it may be. And I never really thought of it in terms of linking shadow work to self-doubt, but now I actually realise that it's got so much to do with it, or at least for me. I was like, oh my god, I doubt myself, I doubt my decisions, I doubt my opinions, my beliefs, because they're not necessarily serving me anymore, but they're serving my shadow self, and I'm not recognizing that. They're just a product of the stories I've been telling myself, 
to protect me from the pain that my shadow self felt. Listen to that again, because ultimately this is just about how the stories you tell yourself affect you. But it's not just the stories you tell yourself to avoid getting out of bed to go to the gym at 7am in the morning, you know. This is not about lacking motivation to train in winter when it's cold and you tell yourself the story that you'll train in the evening. This is the stories you tell for yourself that support your belief system and in turn support your outlook, your approach and how you go on about life. They ultimately support how you show up to yourself and others because they protect you from X, Y and Z. So let's say for me, I'm going to talk about this example. A few weeks back, my partner and I were watching a podcast and they said something about diet culture. These two guys in the fitness industry were saying something about diet culture. And this is something that in the past, I couldn't even talk about diet culture with my partner, right? It was so incredibly triggering. I couldn't even speak about it. But we've gotten better. (laughs) We've progressed. And so in the moment, they said something. They said something like, they basically attributed the anti-diet culture movement to being anti-diet. And I know that's just, those two things are just, they're different, but they can be very confused very easily, right? So anti-diet culture is the idea that you are anti-valuing thinness over health. You don't believe that people should value thinness over health or that thinness should be valued over health at any point in time. Now, I think most people that are into health should be anti-diet culture. That's my opinion, because your health comes before your ability to lose weight. If you're jeopardizing your health to the point of, you know, being ill or being incredibly lethargic or not operating at your 100% for a long period of time just to be thin, you know, you're losing your period just to be thin, then that's diet culture. Whereas anti-diet is the idea that no one should diet. Now, I don't agree with that. I think that people could benefit from dieting and short-term periods of dieting can be beneficial. And there is a whole entire world around bodybuilding and fitness and making weight that needs diets and they can be helpful. And to say that they're not, especially in a civilized, you know, fast-paced world where people live off processed foods, to say that looking at what we eat and managing what we eat to be less is a bit silly. And in the moment, in the heat of the moment, I couldn't even communicate that. The person on the podcast attributed diet culture and anti-diet movement as the same thing, right? I mean, anti-diet culture and anti-diet as the same thing, which it can be confused and it can be overlapped and some people will sit both ends, but it's not the case. And to say that about a movement felt too much. And my partner just said, oh, this is, I feel like this might trigger you. I read that as he's laughing at me because I'm being triggered by what they're saying instead of moving on. And I got very defensive and I just want to sleep. I told myself a story there. I told myself the story that most people in the fitness industry, including my partner, don't understand diet culture. And they don't understand the importance of being anti-diet culture. And they don't really care about health. They just care about looking good. I told myself that story. That wasn't the reality. And that was because my shadow self 
was showing up and I was doubting my beliefs around the industry because they weren't really my beliefs. I don't really think that. But my shadow self told me that story to protect myself from fuck knows what. Like, honestly, I'm not, I don't surely know what it protects me from. But it was this realization that my shadow self was being triggered, let's say. So my shadow self was being triggered because I was fearing the reaction of my partner if they knew what I truly thought. So instead of saying, hey, no, that's not anti-diet, like it's about valuing, you know, your health over thinness, over thinness. it's not that I don't like agree with dieting, whatever. I just got angry, went to sleep because I feared him judging the idea or disapproving of that or not seeing how I saw that and how my highest, what my, you know, highest self belief, because if he disagrees with that, then he's not going to love me and he's going to leave and he's going to whatever. I've talked about male validation on this podcast before, but that's just a story that I've told myself because I doubt myself. And the example here of taking action would actually be, you know, what I did the following day, which is to talk about what you really think and to learn how to communicate and to no longer repress that trigger, you know, that fear that I'm going to be judged and therefore I hide myself and just talking about it and it's uncomfortable, and it's not ideal, but it's not the kind of action that people normally talk about when you talk about self-doubt, because we often talk about, you know, getting up and going to the gym, just take action, tell yourself that you can do something, but we don't talk about getting up, or more so looking inwards, realizing why you're procrastinating, why you're doubting yourself, why you're avoiding something, why you feel like shit after a conversation, looking inwards, understanding what it is about that situation that may have triggered you, you know, what is it protecting you from, how is it keeping you safe, what is really going on deep down to unravel that shadow and confront that shadow and work through it, perhaps then go and share it with whoever has triggered you, if, you know, that's relevant in any way. If not, it's about seeing that shadow and say, oh yeah, I get that now. Like, that doesn't serve me. That's not really me. I just need to push through it. I let go of that idea that someone's not going to approve my beliefs or my ideas. And I'm just going to show up as my authentic self. And my authentic self is X, Y, and Z, which is mad. And then the last thing I really want to talk about and this is like the most unscripted episode I've ever done in my life, is compassion. Yeah, it's compassion. I've talked about taking action and I've talked about shadow work. I think you need both to really overcome self-doubt and to build mental resilience and to come to terms with who you are. But without compassion, you're not really giving yourself space to truly undergo that shadow work process. If you're always doubting yourself because you're repressing parts of yourself, you're repressing repressing parts of your identity and you're ignoring, you know, your shadow self, you're ignoring those signs, those doubts, you're never truly going to understand why they're there, how they're keeping you safe 
and what you truly need to do to move forward. But if you also don't take action in any direction, you're just going to be stuck with a shadow self without letting go of it, without finding new ways or the true ways of showing up as yourself. You're just constantly going to be sitting with your shadow self, repressing it, doubting your abilities and stuck without taking action. Whereas if you move in any direction, whether it's quitting your job, pursuing a new career, leaving a relationship, entering a new relationship, moving houses, moving countries, whatever it may be, you're never going to find out what the authentic version of you is or what it is that you truly needed or what it is that you truly believe in. Because if you just stay there and you just sit with your thoughts, you stew on your thoughts and you let yourself feel and you cry and you you do all of that work, but you then just do nothing, then you're just sitting with your shadow. And that's why I wanted to talk about action so much. But with self-compassion, what you have to understand is that when we have so much pump, like pumped up self-doubt, when there's so much negative emotions, when we're projecting our emotions onto other people and there is inner child wounds, because there's so many, you need to have compassion with yourself because when you go through a process like that, you might find yourself getting really angry at someone and you don't understand why and you're blaming them, you're projecting your own emotions onto them, you don't understand where these emotions are coming from and you're just getting angry. Of course, when you see that, recognize that and say, okay, this isn't serving me, this is a story I'm creating for myself, but why? What is it serving me? How is it serving me? How is it protecting me? What is the reality of this? You know, are these thoughts, are these emotions, or are these facts? Slow down. You need to have the capacity to slow down, to sit with the discomfort without acting upon things. It's about realizing, ah, fuck, I've been triggered. My shadow self is showing up. I need to confront her, but I'm not going to take action in a way. I'm not going to react to my shadow. I'm going to sit with it. I'm going to explore these emotions. I'm going to understand how they serve me. And then I'm going to take action towards my authentic self. That's how you truly like nip self-doubt in the bud because you're not just taking action towards what you think you should be doing. You're not trying to meet someone else's expectations. You're not trying to get external validation that actually, you know, you're able to do something. You're instead saying, nah, fuck that. That's not me. That's a projection. That's my inner child. What I really need is this. And then you go do that. You go journal, you go meditate, you go have a big cry, and then you get up and you go do something. I don't mean you get up after a week, you get up immediately, you start doing things that make you feel better and make you feel like you're staying true to yourself and like you're grounded and yes, you work through that pain but you also make sure that you take care of yourself in alignment with your highest self, with your true self, with the you that makes, with the you that feels best, you do the things that make you feel best. So I just have like a little list 
like a little step-by-step process of how I try to approach self-doubt and how I try to approach any shadow that I need to confront. So the first thing is to let myself feel. Now there's not a lot of time that I actually want to give myself to feel because a lot of the time any emotion that's been triggered as a result of your shadow is going to spiral you into overthinking and dwelling and creating stories that don't serve you. So you have to let yourself feel for long enough to notice that but then move on from it. You have to sit with it so there's no pressure, there's no you know, need to just get over it, there's no need to come up with a solution. You need to sit with it, you need to have self-compassion and you need to just watch your thoughts, watch your emotions, acknowledge that they're there, but not try to suppress them, not try to change them, just watch them. It's about letting yourself feel, but not engaging with those emotions as if they were you. Essentially, it's about not letting those emotions make you react or make permanent decisions, you know, permanent action towards temporary emotions. Once you figure it out, once you understand what is going on for you, why you're doubting yourself, what you're scared of, you know, what what are you fearing, what experiences have led you to believe this, once you start to unpack your belief system around the situation, around something bigger, relationships, what you should be doing, any unrealistic expectations, I don't know, whatever it is coming up for you, you start moving forward. You acknowledge you're human. You acknowledge that your emotional response, what is innate to you, is normal. Some people just shut off. Other people need others around them. Other people eat food. Other people smoke weed. Other people go out clubbing to numb emotions that they don't want to feel. But when we let ourselves feel them, when we sit with the discomfort without doing much about it other than just watching these thoughts we can then move forward because we're actually giving ourselves time to process it and you can move forward by just doing what you would do on a regular day that you weren't feeling like shit you could say okay well I know that when I feel my best I do these things and I do these things most days I go exercise I go to work I study for the degree that I'm studying for I spend time with my family Don't just stop doing those things because you feel like shit one day and you're confronting this random shadow or this self-doubt. You just keep doing the things that you normally do and you ask yourself, okay, is this this thing, this emotion, this self-doubt really trying to tell me something or is it just trying to protect me from changing and it's, you're just getting in the way. You then implement change to conquer the fear sense of anxiety or your self-doubt because you can do hard things you can be and say what you think you can't and all you have to do is do it so if that looks like just going back to as I said your day-to-day go do that but if it means doing something differently because actually your day-to-day is keeping you rooted in self-doubt and is keeping you rooted and not feeling confident and you're not doing what you know you're capable of doing then you implement change and you, I don't know, perhaps you're telling yourself you can't run. So you start running and you do that. And then lastly, you build mental resilience. 
So by letting yourself feel more, but also implementing healthy coping mechanisms, you essentially end up training your mind to be more resilient to the stories you tell yourself. And this is where I am going to hand you over towards meditation. I want every single one of you who's listened to this and who is resonating with anything that I've said to go practice meditation. You can do guided ones, you can just sit, put a timer for two minutes and focus on your breathing, but essentially all you want to do is develop the ability to watch your thoughts and not react on them. You want to develop this ability to separate yourself from your thoughts, realise that they're coming from somewhere deeper in your brain or that they're just random, that they're not a reality and that the only thing that's really going to drive change or keep you stuck is action or a lack of action. Because when you can do this, when you can just watch trigger and thoughts pop on your mind and you can watch them and say, okay, this is happening because of this. And I used to have this idea that if I shared my opinion, I was going to be judged and abandoned. But I realise I'm in a healthy relationship and I'm not going to be judged or abandoned. You build mental resilience because you're able to think, to acknowledge a thought, to acknowledge an emotion, perhaps, you know, traces of fear about being abandoned and recognise that that's not true, that's not serving you and you are entitled to your thoughts and opinions, you can share them in a safe space and you can move on. Of course, I've just used my example in this case, but it can be about anything. It can be about doing a hard pitch, going through a sales call. That was tough, (laughs) but it was just about putting yourself in those uncomfortable positions and developing the skill to be aware that something's hard is difficult, but doing it anyways and not giving into the emotional volatility that being in these situations brings up for you because by meditating and by being mindful and being okay with your thoughts they hold no power over you and therefore they hold no power over your self-doubt because you know that that's just a product of your thoughts and not reality and that the only thing that is going to confirm your inability to do something is more about trying it and not being able to do it let's say like as a kid I was shit at maths And I'm never going to go back to study maths because as I studied and I put in way more hours than other people, I think once I managed to get a B, but that was after getting 10% in an exam and I was crushed because I like to succeed academically. And I studied for months just to get a B in my GCSEs and I got it. It felt great. And then after that, do you really think I pursued high level maths? or engineering. No, I realised that maths wasn't for me and I just stopped pursuing it. That doesn't mean that I gave into my self-doubt. I actually didn't. I actually worked really hard to get a great grade. I realised that I wasn't built for maths (laughs) and, you know, I went on to do writing and art and history because I was actually much better at that. I also doubted myself in those things, but I proved to myself as I showed up that I was actually good at them and I enjoyed them. Whereas with math, even though I proved to myself that I could show up, I realised that yes, I could do it, but I wasn't going to be the best. So that's another topic entirely, the whole thing around focusing on your strengths and not your weaknesses. But you get the point of it. And I just want to end it with a quote that I found 
don't know who who quoted, I'm not, don't know who I'm quoting, but psychological resilience is the ability to mentally or emotionally cope a crisis with a crisis or to return to pre-crisis status quickly. Resilience exists when the person uses mental processes and behaviours in promoting personal assets and protecting self from the potential negative effects of stressors. Now, in this case, the biggest stressor is your environment and your response to the environment. It's your thoughts. It's how an environment can trigger you into spiraling into your own belief system. That's why when you do shadow work, you confront your shadows, you confront your self-doubt, you go through all of that process, you start separating your higher self from your shadow self and you understand why in the past it may have helped you but you also understand that actually I can cope with this trigger and I could go back to just being my regular normal self, my confident self, my highest self and feel like I did before the trigger moment and I don't need to give in to an emotional volatile me essentially and I have absolutely no idea what I've just talked about. I have no idea if I've made any sense. And the only thing I'm going to say is I'm happy I showed up because this podcast is something I started for me. It's something, it's almost like I'm journaling through this podcast. I wanted it to be something special, but I realise that the most special thing I can give to this community is just mornings with Marta because I'm that person that wakes up at 7am and I want to have like a deep conversation. Try having a deep conversation with me at midnight, I can't be asked. But at 7am I'm like I'm ready to go, I'm alert and I just love talking about things like this. And yes sometimes that involves fitness, sometimes that involves health but most of the time it involves things like this. It involves our minds a shadow self, our inner child's, our ability to communicate, our ability to build relationships and other times it might be about changing careers or it might be about how much I hate the cold <laughs> and how excited I am for summer. But the point is that Mornings with Marta doesn't restrain me from talking about what truly matters to me in whatever moment in time. I don't feel forced like I have to talk about something related to fitness or I have to somehow come up with an idea that is you can link back to fitness and utilize for that. If you listen to this podcast is because you like these topics of conversation, you're also growing, you're going through your 20s, you're just figuring out life and you want a space that understands you, you want a space that you relate to and you just enjoy spending your mornings with me or whenever you listen to this. So that's on self-doubt, on shadow work and on becoming more mentally stable <laughs> and resilient. And I hope you have a lovely Thursday or any other day of the week. And I'll see you here hopefully next week because what I'm doing is I'm removing the pressure to show up every single week, which is shit for the algorithm, but great for me. And I'm removing the pressure from everything I'm doing right now. I'm just spending my mornings with you when I build the courage to do so. And when I feel like I have something important or valuable to talk to you about. 
again, have a lovely Thursday and I'll see you soon. Bye.